0: All right, well, thanks for joining us this morning. I trust that uh, you had a good Fourth of July. Um, I know we are in a a situation now in our country where uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty and a lot of issues, but listen, I I genuinely believe this is the best country in the world to live in, and I am grateful for our freedoms. And and this was a weekend where we got a chance to uh, remember that um, and celebrate that. So um, uh, we're glad you're with us today. Uh, if you are considering, we are meeting now back at the church. We've been doing that for about a month. And if you are considering joining us, um, we are asking that you do a self-evaluation before you come. Uh, if, you've, uh, uh, if you feel like you have a fever or uh, cold, flu, whatever, uh, that way we're asking that you watch online. If you have had a temperature of 100.4 uh, within the last 14 days, we're asking that you watch online. If you uh, have had prolonged exposure to somebody uh, within the last 14 days that has been diagnosed positive, we're asking that you uh, uh, watch online. And then uh, finally, if, um, if you have either a health or an age-related issue where um, you're concerned, um, feel like you're a little bit higher at risk or you're uncomfortable uh, being around people, we ask that you watch online. We've committed to this, and so... Uh, we're providing this as an outlet uh, to continue to try and minister to you. Uh, if you're not on our email list, please get on our email list. That uh, On Sunday now, we share uh, our, our prayer requests and concerns. Um, and we don't want to do that on an online platform, but we're comfortable doing it with our church family. And uh, we send those out on Monday night uh, just so that we can pray and, and be encouraged with each other throughout the week. So um, please do that. So let's go ahead and go to the Lord in Prayer and we'll get started this morning. Lord, thanks for uh, the day. Lord, for the privilege of being um, in this country, to be able to have the freedoms and to be able to worship you freely, Lord, without persecution. Lord for our leaders, as it is a very difficult time, I ask that you'd give them wisdom, put a hedge about them, protect them, uh, guide them in in making decisions, Lord, that are in the best interests of uh, our country and in consistent uh, and are consistent, Lord, with uh, what you would have for us as as individuals and as a community and as a country. And uh, Lord, for those who are struggling this morning, would you encourage their hearts? Um, those Lord that are uh, struggling emotionally or uh, Lord mentally with everything that's going on. For those that are uh, have some serious physical concerns. For those that. Um, are dealing with uh, family issues or financial issues that, Lord, you'd meet needs as only you can. And for us this morning, God, as we open your word, speak to our hearts and help us to not just hear but to apply these things we ask in your name. Amen. If you've been with us, we are in a series on the uh, children of Israel and Moses. And uh, we are now at Sinai. Uh, Israel will actually be camped here for for almost an entire year. Um, While they're at Sinai, they're getting the Ten Commandments, um, and then there's a whole series of explanations past that. And later the Jews will put that into 613 different commandments, um, which are all based off of the Ten. And we're just walking through each one of the Ten. The Jewish people know it as the Ten Words. They associate a word with each commandment. and So we've kind of taken that as a foundation, and that's kind of what we're doing. So, we talked about the first commandment, which is, uh, you shall worship the Lord your God, uh, and that is the idea of authority. That is an internal decision that you and I must make. Uh, who is going to be the authority for our life? Um, the second commandment was, thou shalt have no other gods before me, and that is an external commandment dealing with, and our word was priority, the idea that there's a priority that, has, that God has to have in your life, and last week we talked about Christ being the center of it, much like that wheel that I illustrated with. And so... That brings us to the third commandment. You should know the third commandment is a little bit different um, this morning, and that it is the only commandment that actually has um, a a punishment or a penalty phase tied to it. Um, But before we get there, I want to go back and tell you a little bit of a story. Um, For those of you who know me, you know that I have a background in Shakespeare. I love Shakespearean acting. Um, I, I hate reading it, but I love seeing it acted out. And one of the most famous Shakespeare plays is, this, is the play Romeo and Juliet. And so many of you have, are, are aware of, uh, of the scene with, you know, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? And, and Juliet's on the balcony. Um, but in that scene, there's an important little phrase that kind of lays a groundwork for where we're headed today. And what happens is, uh, Romeo is a Montague, and Juliet is a Capulet. And so there are two families on different sides of the track, so to speak. Um, one's from an upper, um, high-end kind of family, and the other's on the lower economic deal of the thing. And, and they get together, and their families are at, at odds with each other, and they have all of this thing going on. And, uh, and in that scene, um, Juliet, standing on a balcony, says... Um, They're dealing with this issue of, well, you're a Capulet and I'm a Montague and and this kind of thing. And Juliet says, what is a name? Uh, A rose by any other name still smells as sweet. Um, And what she's saying is, look, you can call a rose whatever you want to call it. You can call it a cucumber. You can call it a tomato. You can call it an onion. But because of the smell, it's sweet. And the, the focus is what it does, not necessarily what you name it. And so she makes that argument, and the argument is: it doesn't matter that you're, a, you're that that I'm a Capulet and you're a Montague. We, we, we they're just words, but I would suggest to you that words have tremendous meaning, particularly names. Uh, we've already seen this in Israel when something happens significant, they change the name. You saw that at Rephidim, where they change changed the name of different places, or at Mara, uh, where they 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 change the name based on what happens there. I would suggest that for those of you that are parent, when you had children, you you, you spent a lot of time trying to figure out the name of that child. People would always ask us, what are you going to name your kid? My standing line, because we didn't want to tell anybody what we were going to name our kid, was if it's a boy, it's Bubba, and if it's a girl, it's Bubba Ann. And so that was kind of our running joke with us. Um, And so, But a name was very, very significant. Uh, It had tremendous importance to it. The same thing is true uh, of God and the Jewish people. Um, in the Jewish world, uh, names were very, very significant. And they put things with it. So when we get to God, for instance, one of the things that you see with God is the idea of he, throughout, throughout his, the Old Testament, he gives himself different names. Um, one of the most uh, revered names of God was the name um, Yahweh. Uh, in fact, in the Jewish world, uh, Yahweh was only used One time a year, and that was uh, on the Day of Atonement, the Holy of Holies, uh, is the only time they would ever speak the name. Any other time when they would read the Scripture and they would come across Yahweh, they would just say, the name. Um, In the Jewish world, often they would not even step on a piece of paper for fear that that God's name was on it. They had this incredible reverence um, for uh, the idea of a name. And that's really the idea that's contained in the Third Commandment. So here's what it says. Uh, In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 6. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who misuses his name. Um, For those of you who are familiar with the King James, it says, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. And so often throughout many of us, we've always associated that with swearing. But it's so much more. And what he's talking about here is the way that you look at the name of God. What I'm going to suggest, the word that we're going to use is the word reputation, is to really think of the reputation um, that is at stake and not to misuse the the Lord's name or um, to reflect poorly um, on on who he is. Um, Like I say, the Jews, the name and the person were so intricately connected. Um, the idea here of uh, in Exodus chapter 20 of misusing is actually the word uh, hashem, and, and it has this idea. Uh, it has the idea of anything that would bring um, disrespect to the Torah, um, the Jewish people, um, or uh, the Jewish faith. Uh, last week I talked about the idea that uh, in the Jewish world there are three uh, there are three types of uh, there are three of the commandments that. If you had to make a choice between dying or breaking the commandment, you always chose death. Uh, if, 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 you were, uh, to, if they gave you the choice, worship another god or die, a Jew would always choose death. If they gave you a choice, kill someone or die, they would choose death. Um, commit sexual immorality or die, they would always choose death. To take that a little bit further, the Jewish law taught this. That if there were ten Jews present, and this was always a big deal. The number ten was a big, is a big deal in, in, in the Jewish world. But if there were ten Jews, preg, uh, um, ten Jews present, uh, you would die over breaking any of the Ten Commandments. So in other words, if, if, if there are ten Jews present, and we, we, we have to misuse God's name, all ten Jews would choose death. And the reason behind it was this. Once they assembled that large a group, then the name and the reputation of that group was now at stake. So at that point, we honor all ten of the commandments and choose death over violating any one of the ten. Because the reputation was at stake. And again, the Jews, when it came to this issue of God, when it came to this issue of, uh, of different things, they had such a high ideal Um, with regard to the things of God. Um, For instance, in the Jewish world, if uh, you were given, uh, if you sat down to eat a meal and you did not ask God's blessing on it, that was considered stealing in the Jewish world. Uh, You were considered uh, robbing, if you will, from God because you did not acknowledge um, or give Him proper worth for providing you for that meal. Um, If you were to see a house on fire, and you were to walk by it in the Jewish world, and you, were to, and you were to look at it and go, well, thank you, God, that it's not my house. A Jewish person would not do that. Because in the Jewish world, to do that was to say, I'm glad that that happened to somebody else. They had such a high reverence for, for, for people and for, for God. So in their world, this idea of reputation, um, this idea of respect, this idea of Uh, not misusing or misrepresenting God or his name or the Jewish faith, was huge. And so when God comes to the Jewish people, one of the things that he says here is he says, look, you need to know the one thing that you don't do, and I'm not going to hold you guiltless, you don't use my name lightly. You don't use my name or my reputation in a a half-hearted kind of way. Um, I think this is best illustrated in our culture with logos. So um, I'm going to pull up. And actually, there's a whole bunch of uh, logo. The whole history behind logos is fascinating. Um, but I'm going to pull up what they consider to be some of the the most popular logos in the world. Not necessarily. I mean, if I was doing this for our for our group, our country group, we'd put up you know, Case and and um, uh, John Deere and, and and those kinds of things. Uh, but um, this is worldwide, so you got to kind of keep that in mind. Um, here's one of my favorites, uh, the logo for McDonald's. Everybody recognizes it. Nobody, You don't need it spelled out for you. It's, it's a very popular one. Um, Pepsi, uh, <clears throat> again, uh, a, a big phenomenon. I'm a Dr. Pepper fan, so uh, you know, when people ask me, you know, well, you know, do you want Dr. Pepper? And then they always say, well, do you want Mr. Pibb? No, I don't want Mr. Pibb. I want Dr. Pepper. Um, if I can't get Dr. Pepper, I go to my second choice, which is Coke, Coca-Cola. Uh, again, worldwide known. Uh, that symbol is known all over the world. Um, Target. Uh, many of you shop at Target, so you're familiar with, with the bullseye thing. Uh, Disney. Um, again, huge logo, recognizable all over the world. Uh, Nike, uh, their swoosh, uh, which uh, nothing more than a check mark, but it, it, it's got worldwide fame. Uh, Shell, one of the most popular logos in the world regarding uh, petroleum, uh, regarding cars, Mercedes-Benz, not as, much, not as many here as there are uh, worldwide, but a, a famous logo all over the world. Um, FedEx, um, what you need to know is that when people do logos, uh, there's a tremendous amount of research, there's a tremendous amount of significance behind a logo or even behind a chain. So many of the logos have a number of things tied to them. FedEx is one. For instance, when they designed the FedEx logo, they put an arrow in the EX part of it. Again, a lot of people aren't aware of that, but it conveys what they do and the idea of moving stuff. Amazon. Uh, A lot of people aren't aware of the fact that the A and the Z are connected in Amazon. And the reason the A and the Z are connected is because they wanted you to know that they sell everything from A uh, to Z. So they they put the arrow to connect those two. LG. Uh, It's actually a a a nose with an eyeball um in in their logo um toyota this is a hard one for me but i understand that when they designed it the three concentric ovals or the three ovals that they put and tied all together actually spell out the word toyota and i have a hard time uh putting it all together but um supposedly that's what's in that logo apple uh, a lot of people there's a lot of discrepancy over the apple logo this is the most recent one uh, you know, some people say, well, it was the apple representing Garden of Eden and uh, the, tr- the knowledge, the idea of the tree of knowledge thing. Um, Google, here's an interesting one. Google, <clears throat> if you'll notice, their logo is all primary colors, red, uh, red green, and yellow, with one exception. Uh, the L is not a primary color. It's a secondary color. The reason Google did that is because they wanted you to know with the L that they are not in a mold. They they think outside of the box. They are outside of the norm. So the L represents the idea that we're outside of the norm of things, rather than just the three primary colors. And of course, uh, my daughter and, or my my granddaughter's favorite, um, Chick Fil A, with the, the chicken uh, as a part of the C. Now you say, okay, so wh- why why are we doing that? Why are you talking about? It? Here's why. These companies have gone to a tremendous amount of money and a tremendous amount of um, advertising, a tremendous amount of uh, focus groups studying this, analyzing this, in order to make sure they got the logo right. Because they wanted the logo to represent their company. And so they've spent a lot of time trying to refine it with these little tweaks, and, 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 and it becomes a big, big deal. And here's the thing that you'll learn about these companies. They go to great lengths to defend someone who misrepresents their logo. Um, you try doing a painting, or a stained glass window, or something of a Disney character, and then try to sell it. And you will find very quickly that you get a letter that cease and desist letter that says, you can no longer do this. Why? Because they want to protect the image, the reputation, that they have worked so hard to establish over the years. Um, even our church. You think about it for a minute. Uh, we we had a logo, Holly Springs Bible Fellowship. What would happen if somebody came in the community and said, hey, um, I'm going to set up Holly Springs Bible Fellowship bar. I'm going to set up Holly Springs Bible Fellowship casino. I'm going to set up Holly Springs Bible Fellowship um, Gentlemen's club. I'm going to set up Holly Springs uh, Bible Fellowship uh, gun range. Um, you, you know, I mean, what would happen? We would sit back and say, actually, the gun range would be at my house, but um, that's, That's another point. Anyway, the idea is this. The idea is we want to be associated with the gospel of Jesus Christ, not that other stuff. So for us, we would go and we would say, look, you can't do that. You can't do that for us because we want to be associated with this, not with that. Why? Because our reputation is at stake. That's what this commandment is about. It's about God's reputation in the community, in the world, by the way you and I communicate what the value is in his name. Just as those companies wouldn't let you go in and and misuse their name, God's saying, look, if you're going to be associated with me, then you need to know there are some things that are important to me, and one of them is you don't misuse my name. You you don't hurt my reputation. You don't make me say things or do things that that I don't want to be associated with that I don't want to do. Um, consequently, I mean, one of the things that comes to mind right away is the issue of profanity. Um, notice what the passage says. This, listen, when Jesus was here, here's what he said. Uh, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Um, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, by your words you'll be condemned. One of the things that Jesus teaches is the idea of you have to be very careful what comes out of your mouth. James talks about this. And that it's very, very easy for that which is wrong to destroy. And you're watching this in our culture right now, with this whole word thing and this whole thing playing out. And what he's saying is this. He's saying, look, you need to be careful of the words that come out of your mouth. Now, let me do a little preface here, okay? Um, I I understand that some of you are in in, in horrible work environments where the language is just atrocious, where every second or third word is a swear word. And I understand that when you're in that environment eight, ten hours a day, five days a week, you can't help but that impact you. And I understand that it's a bigger struggle for you than it is for someone like me who's, who, who actually has some control over the environments that I'm in and I can actually control some of that uh, because it, it's a little bit easier for me. I can always play the preacher card. Uh, but for some of you, you're, so, so I understand that dynamic. But I also understand this dynamic that, listen, you and I have the ability to control it. Um, I, I'm not saying it's easy, but we have the ability. I see that often as a pastor where somebody will be, um, around me, and it's, a, it's like every second or third word is a swear word, and blank, 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 And, and, and if, it, It's not fair that I get to do this, but I do get to do this, and I do it once in a while. I get to play the preacher card. And so, you know, in the middle of the conversation, I'll say something about, you know what? I was talking about that when I was preaching on Sunday. What, what do you mean preaching on Sunday? Well, I'm a pastor. Now, all of a sudden, it's amazing to me that these people who every second or third word is swear, all of a sudden can clean up their language. Why? Because you can control it. You, you do have some ability to think about what you're saying. That's why he says, be careful about every empty word. What happens is you're not thinking. And so when you don't think, the next thing you know, it just comes pouring out. And what he says is because th- that's a natural tendency in life for us not to think about everything that we say, we have to be very careful about what we're putting into our lives so that those things don't come out as easy. That's what, he's, that's what Jesus is saying. So it does address this issue of profanity. Um, More importantly, what I want to talk about is the areas of life that that I want us to be careful of in how we um, don't use God's name or God's reputation in a a worthless or in a careless kind of way. So I think it affects a couple of things. First of all, I think it affects your attitude. Um, You have to put a high value on God's name and God's reputation. Um, one of the things that, if you're around me very often, you know that I, I just don't tell religious jokes because I don't think that God is something that I want to joke about. Um, I, I want to give Him the reverence. I want to give Him the respect. Um, I want to give His name uh, proper worth. Uh, it's, it's an incredibly sacred name. Um, uh, Jesus Christ is, not a, is, a, is somebody that is dear and precious um, to me. And so um, I want to be very, very careful about uh, the way I portray him um, in, in the community. The same thing with God. Um, I, I want to portray, I don't, I, I, I don't like the idea of, of Mother Nature. I don't like the idea of, um, you know, portraying God as some grandfather in heaven just uh, doting around. Um, so I, I'm very, very careful about, um, I, I want to give him the glory that's due him, the honor that's due him. Uh, just like I wouldn't let somebody talk uh, about my wife. I, I, I want to I put her on a pedestal, and I want to give her the honor that she's due. So it's the same way with God. Um, it, it, you see it in the life of uh, Potiphar and, and Joseph. Um, when Potiphar's wife comes to Joseph and continually tempts him, uh, one of the things that Joseph says is, how can I sin against, and he brings up two ideas, how can I sin against my master who's entrusted me with all this stuff? And more importantly, how can I sin against my God? He said, I want to be associated with God, and God doesn't want me to do these kinds of things. So the attitude that you have is very, very important. Um, The speech that you use um, is very, very important. Um, I I think you have to stop and ask yourself, um, you know, in what way do you convey with your speech that God has value? Um, I, I think this addresses this issue, and again, it's a, it, there's so many of these subtle things. OMG. Um, you know, OMG stands for oh my God. And the issue is, when I say that, OMG, am I taking God's name worklessly? Am I treating it um, lightly? Am I treating it irreverently? And I think the answer is yes. I, I don't think we're, we're, we're holding God to a high esteem when we just throw that out there. Um, Or, you know, when we use the name Christ or Jesus Christ. I I think one of the things that this addresses is this idea of the priority, the value, the reputation that we have when we speak that name. That it needs to be something that is held in highest esteem. The the last issue is, I think, the issue of reputation. And, And this is where I see it play out big for us. Um, I see this as the most practical idea of it, and that's this idea. Uh, we touched on it last week when we talked about the idea that Christ is at the center. So as I go out into the world, the world needs to see everything in my life revolving or centering off of, uh, of God, Jesus Christ. And I think what it comes down to is the way that, that we uh, portray God in the way that we live. In other words, what, and we talked about this, with, if God's authority and a priority what kind of reputation, what kind of um, focus do I put on him in my life? Uh, and, and how does that play out? Um, there, there's an interesting story. When Jesus is here, he, he talks about the Pharisees. And one of the things that he says about the Pharisees is, um, they, they, they say the right thing with their words, but their heart's far from me. Um, there's an interesting story in the book of Malachi. And in the Old Testament, what happens is um, the children of Israel uh, were were not giving God the proper value. They were not um, holding his reputation in a high esteem. They were giving him second best. Um, years ago, uh, one of the things that happened in our, our again, I go back years, but um, Lael Steinhoff was a, was a hog farmer and <clears throat> he was raising hogs. So one Christmas, he and Juanita gave us a small little pig um, and said, You know what? You, you're going to live in the country. You need to learn something about the country. So Here's a pig. We'll help you raise it and, and everything else. So we raised it, and, and again, we, we called it Bubba, um, and it was actually a Bubba Ann, but we called it Bubba. And and my kids played on it and everything else, and and so we tried to breed it, and we didn't think that worked. So finally, we got ready to to to, uh, to slaughter it, and 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 Lyle came over to get it, and we realized that it was pregnant, <laughs> and so uh, we let it go ahead, and, and 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 it it had a bunch of little baby pigs, and. Uh, uh, we had those in, a, in an area in a barn uh, that we had, and uh, my neighbor's dogs got, um, got somehow they got a taste of blood, and they got into the pen one night and uh, attacked a number of the small pigs and uh, uh, killed one and and really uh, chewed up a couple of others. Some of them were able to manage it, but um, uh, one of them, it had a great big huge chunk, and you could actually see the, the spinal cord on the, on the pig. We didn't think it was going to live. And so Lael came down and helped me figure out and get some stuff bandaged up. And, and we didn't know what to do with that one. And so what happened was we, uh, uh, Lael said, well, we can try an old trick. He said, let's take some blackjack and let's just cover the whole wound with blackjack. That's roofing tar. So we covered the whole thing and that kept out the infection. And then believe it or not, it healed up that pig lived. Um, and then we got time to take them into market and, uh, of course, when we took that, those pigs in, we really got docked on that one because it, you know, it just it, it wasn't a good, healthy pig. Um, now I say that to say, let's say, for instance, I was in, um, I was in the Old Testament. I wouldn't be pigs because they're not kosher animals. But um, I, I was going to give one. Let's say I was going to give one of those to the church, and I said, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell uh, one of those uh, for for the church, and then uh, whatever I get for them, I'm going to give to the church, um, and that. That was my concept. And so I'm trying to decide well, what pig do I give to the church? Do I give that one that I'm going to get the most money for, or do I give that one that I'm going to get the least money for, but it's all chewed up? What's happening with the children of Israel in the book of Malachi is they were taking the one that was all chewed up and sacrificing it. So they'd take the, the, the goat that was not the best, that was second best, or third best, or for, fourth best, and then they would bring that in and they would get it. And, and Malachi says, He says, Look, <coughs> You wouldn't even give that to the governor. You wouldn't give that to the king. Why are you now offering it at the temple for God? Why are you taking that sheep or that goat that's all blemished and giving that as a sacrifice? He said, God would rather you just shut the doors than you you say you love God and then give God second best. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the reputation. God says, look, treat my name at the highest value. Give, give me the, the best, not second best. And I think one of the things that happens in our culture is if we're not careful, we don't hold God's name and God's reputation way up there. And before we know it, we're giving God second best. We're giving God the leftovers, so to speak. And I want to challenge you because this is an easy path for us to fall into. When you value God's reputation, when you put God at the top like you should, what happens is when you do that, then God becomes primary God becomes the focus that God becomes at the top he has exactly what we've talked about first of all he's got he's got the idea of um, the, the the priority in my life he's the authority he has a priority he's at the center of it and I take his reputation and I value it highly um, one of the issues that's happening right now within churches is um this issue of church as a convenience um one of the things that started to happen and again um, I, I'm thrilled that we get to be online. I'm thrilled that, that, that people get to, to watch this, that you get to watch this this morning. Um, I'm thrilled that because of that, we've been able to reach more people than we, than we could if just in our physical location. That, that's awesome. I, I love the fact that when we have people go on vacation, they can watch. When we have kids go to college, they can watch. I love all of those things about it. But one of the things that happens with it is if you're not careful. What happens is you start giving God leftovers or you start making God a God of convenience. And one of the great things about Sunday is that as we gather together, um, when when Jesus dies on the cross, he establishes Sunday, not the Sabbath, Saturday, but he establishes Sunday as the day of worship, the first day of the week. And the idea was this. We're going to start our week out worshiping God. Um, We're going to start with God at the very beginning of the week and then go on. And for some of you, I understand. You need to watch from home. I have no problem with that. That's why we're doing this. If I had a problem with it, we wouldn't be doing it. But here's what can happen if you're not careful. If you're not careful, it can be convenience. It can be a, you know what, I'll watch it when I get a chance. I'll watch it later. I'll go go online and do it later. Here's what I would suggest to you. I would suggest to you that you set a time. And you be consistent with that time. And if it's 10 o'clock on Sunday, or if it's it's three o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, or if it's Sunday evening at eight o'clock, you set a consistent time that says, God, you need to know, this is your time. I'm carving this out to give you the priority, to give you the the, the respect, to give you the, the, to honor your reputation as this is the time I am setting aside for this. So that you can be consistent with it. Just like for those of us who meet on Sunday, what we do is we carve a time out and say, God, this is, this is dedicated to you. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to come to a facility. I'm going to meet with people. I'm going to worship. I'm going to encourage people. I'm going to pray together. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. I'm going to do that in the same way. If you're doing it at home, you do the same thing. You just say, okay, God, this is my time. Um, for those of you that have personal devotion, that's, that, that's exactly what you do. You carve it out and say, God, this is your time to stay. And wherever that is, you try to be as consistent with you as, as you can. Why? Because when you do that, you're doing exactly what this third commandment talks about. You are treating God's name. You are treating God with the highest reputation, with the highest ideals, with the best that you have, not with your leftovers. And that would be my challenge. My challenge is that this this whole concept deals with, with God's name and his reputation. And when you go out into the community, you have to ask yourself, how do I respond as a Christian? God's name is at stake. I don't want to take it flippantly. I don't want to do it um, without uh, some serious thought. And that's the idea behind this commandment, is God's reputation at the highest level. So I want to challenge you. First of all, if you're not a believer, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, let me tell you something. There is no other name given among men by which people can be saved. Um, The name of God is incredible. Jesus Christ is the one who can save you from your sin. There is no other name. Muhammad, Allah, it doesn't matter what you want to call it. The bottom line is Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And I trust that you have that confidence, that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Secondly, um, there's this idea that you and I, as a Christian, if you put your faith and trust in Christ, we have to show the world who God is. We do, in our actions, in our words, in everything that we do, we reflect on the name of God. Um, in fact, early Christians, we use the term Christian a lot today, but you need to know, when, they, when the, the followers of Jesus Christ were first called, uh, first of all, they were called people of the way, and then at Antioch, they were called Christian. And when they were called Christians, it was a, it was a term of derision. They were making fun of them they were saying, you guys just keep acting like Christ. You're like little bitty Christ people. And they used it as a term of mocking because they said, you just keep acting like Jesus act. That's the idea. That's what we want the world to know. We want the world to know the name of Jesus Christ, the name of God that we represent in a community everywhere we go. So this week, I want to encourage you that as you go out to think about how you are representing the name of God, in your world. You do it with your speech. You do it with your actions. You do it with the way that you give to God in your time, in your money, in your resources, in your, in your investment, in, in, in other people. You are reflecting those things. So I end this morning with this. The third commandment deals with the reputation of God. God's name is something that must be treasured, valued, and respected. His reputation is at stake. As we live out our daily lives, we show honor or dishonor to Him with our words and our actions each day. Give God the best, not your leftovers. Honor Him so that others may come to know Him. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You for that name that is above all names. Thank You, Father, for coming To offer us eternal life. Lord, as we go throughout this week, it is so easy to forget the value of your name. So, Lord, may we not take it or use it lightly. And may we act in a way, Lord, that reflects you properly. So that others, Lord, can see you in us. So use us this week. And um, may you be honored in the way that we reflect you in all that we do. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, that ends our time. Uh, again, thanks for joining us. Lord willing, uh, we'll hear from you, or we look forward to uh, one day seeing you. And uh, even if you uh, see us out in a in community or something, say hi, let us know you're watching. We appreciate it. So Lord bless you. Uh, have a great week.